Hello, welcome to Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We are so glad you tuned into this broadcast today. We are going to get into the Word of God together and here in just a moment. We've got some exciting things to share with you. And if you'll listen, if you'll open up your heart, your eyes, and your ears, I believe the Word of God has the power to change your life. Guard your heart, for out of it are the outgoings of life. The Amplified says it like this, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So when he talked about the issues of life, that's not the same thing you're talking about when you say, man, I've got issues. <laughs> Different kind of issues. When he talked about issues, out of it flowed the issues of life. You see it in these other translations. He's talking about this spring. It's, it's like a spring or a well of water that issues forth water. And he said, that's what your heart is. And that's what your heart is like. Out of it springs these issues. And that's why we've said before, you got to make sure what's going on in the heart is right. Because out of it flows everything else in life. If what's at the source is contaminated, then everything comes out of it, that comes out of it is contaminated. If there's something toxic in the source, then that toxicity spreads throughout the rest of your body, throughout the rest of your life, because there was something wrong with the source. And you see that, that word here in the God's Word translation, guard your heart more than anything else because, it is the, because the source of your life flows from it. So there's that word source. Your heart is worth guarding. Your heart is worth protection. More than your financial security. And there are a lot of things that people do in this life to make sure they are protected financially. There are a lot of things that people do to make sure they are protected physically. They set up all these systems to ensure their protection in all these other areas of their life. But most people don't even give a thought to what's going on in the heart. And the problem is, if you don't protect the heart, then you can set up all these other systems and forms of protection in every other area of your life, but they do little to no good because it's out of the heart where the issues of life come from. You got to make sure the source is clean. You got to make sure the source is right because it's out of that source that everything else flows out of. Your heart is worth protection. Why don't you say it? My heart, My heart is, worth is worth guarding. It's worth protecting. It's worth protecting. I know that because it's the most valuable thing you have. Your heart is the most precious thing in your possession. And we've seen scripture after scripture. We know this, that God does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God, finish it for me, looks at the heart. That's what he's looking at. Every time he looks at you, he's looking at the heart. He's looking at the heart. So much of what we see is just outward stuff. And that's why people invest so heavily in perfecting or attempting to perfect the outward appearance because this is what people see. That's why it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. The, the diet industry, the, the exercise industry. 
people all over the world, man. I mean, they're working this thing out. They're starving it. They're, they're gorging it. I mean, and everything in between, they're nipping this and tucking that. And all of it is in an effort to perfect the outward man. But the Bible's very clear with us. The outward man is perishing. This outward man that we've all been working so hard on, he's on his way out. Like right now, as we speak, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with working this thing out and taking care of this physical body. That's a gift from God too. But it's the inward man. The inward man of the heart is where God's looking, or you could say it like this, this is where he puts the value. This is what's big to him. And people to a degree, I think they know that because when they do mess up, outwardly, or they make a mistake or say something they shouldn't say. Well, they say, well, you know, God knows my heart. It's like, yeah, he does actually. <laughs> and I'm not sure you should be so thrilled with that right now. You can't hide stuff and don't assume it's in the condition it needs to be in. Oh, well, you know, God knows my heart. I'm sorry I cussed you out, but God knows my heart. Well, evidently that's was in your heart. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's coming out. And people think, they kid themselves when they think that they can hide things in their heart. But there's only so long you can put something up on the outside before it starts coming out. And even if the outside, we'll talk some about this, I think, uh, in the course of this series. But Jesus talked about it. He said, well, he was talking to religious people. Well, did the prophet Isaiah say of you, he prophesied of you, he said, you draw near me with your lips, but your heart is somewhere else. And Jesus called these people hypocrites. Why? Because one thing was coming out of their mouth and something else was coming out of the heart. Did you know that's how you measure how much of a hypocrite you are? Just measure the distance between your mouth and your heart. Now, I'm not talking about your physical mouth and this blood pump in your chest. I'm talking about measuring the distance and the difference between what's coming out of your mouth and what's in the chambers of your heart. And however far apart they are, that's how much hypocrisy we've allowed into our lives. And you think you got other people fooled, but God sees it all. All things are open and laid bare before his sight. There's no hiding it. So it's not enough to say, well, God knows my heart. You probably need to say, God knows my heart. <laughs> Lord, what do I do? You know my heart. <laughs> I need some help with it. And that's what we're talking about as we get into the word concerning guarding our heart. We're here in Proverbs 4, back up again to verse 20. He said, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And then he says, keep your heart with all diligence. So in the verses before it, he's teaching you, teaching us that what gets in your eyes and what gets in your ears is headed for your heart. And these are the gates and the places where we, we are supposed to put something guard to not let things in the eyes and ears that will get down into the heart. When we think of a guard, a lot of the time, we only tend to think of something or someone that keeps things out. And we need to think that way 
We talked about it last week. There are things in this world that as believers have no business in your eyes and ears. There's so much of what this world has to offer in regards to entertainment and information that really has no time. You have no time for it and it has no business getting in your eyes and in your ears. Why? Because it ends up in your heart. And we tend to think of a guard only as something that keeps something or someone out. But listen to this. He said, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your heart. Listen to these words right here. Keep them in. Did you catch that? Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now he's talking about his words. Keep my words going in your ears. Keep my words in front of your eyes and keep them where? In. We'll see this here in a second, but a guard does not just keep things out. A guard keeps things in. Did you find Philippians chapter four? Look at this with me in uh, verse six. Philippians four, six says, be anxious for how much? He said, be anxious for nothing. Now, obviously, come on. He didn't actually mean nothing, nothing. Because there are just some things that you have to worry about, right? I mean, there are just some things that require you to be anxious, that require you to worry, to give anxious thought towards. So obviously when he said be anxious for nothing, he was talking about some things, but clearly there are bigger things that, you know, we have to worry about. What? Bad preaching? Yeah, really bad. He said, be anxious for how much? Nothing. nothing. How much is nothing? nothing? Not one thing. Not one thing. Be anxious. Be worried. Be fretful. Stress out for not one thing. Not one. Now you see this here in a second, but he's talking to you about what to keep out. Are you following me? what you and I are supposed to keep on the outside. Guard your heart and don't let worry in. Don't let anxiety in. Be anxious for nothing, but do this instead. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Instead of worrying, what are you supposed to be doing? This is deep. Are you ready for this? Pray. Pray. I know it's so simple, but this is what we're supposed to be doing while the rest of this world is worried and anxious over anything and everything. As believers, we're supposed to be defined by something else. If they're defined by fear, we're defined by faith. And what faith does, instead of worrying about the finances talks to God about it. Instead of worrying about the children, I'm going to talk to God about the children. Now bring some of these things up because there are people that will flat out argue with you over their right and responsibility to worry. 
to worry over the finances of their family, to worry about their children, to worry about your health. You're supposed to worry about your health, right? All this craziness in the world and people dropping like flies, you should be worried. <laughs> Folks, we're getting preached to that message every day. You are hearing those words every day. You should be worried. Should you though? No. Now, the more you feed on that, guess what's happening? The more you keep worried and anxious thoughts in front of you, the more you keep a bad report in front of you, you keep it in your eyes and in your ears. Where's it headed? Straight to the heart. And it's like telling the guard, go home. Take the day off. They don't do that in the military. You don't station a guy on the front lines at the guard post of, of your, your fort or your, uh, wherever, your, your base where you're stationed. You don't walk out to him and say, you know what, brother? You've been working hard. Take the day off. I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> it won't be long. And something or someone will be inside that doesn't have any business inside. That should never be inside. And feeding on that stuff all the time, listening to people tell you how worried you should be. If you keep that in front of you, it's just like telling the guard to go home. Just like telling the guard, you take, why don't you take the, you know what? Take the month off. I know leading up to the 2020 election uh, and that circus, I was getting a lot of my news from social media, media feeds, and I kept finding myself going back to it, going back to it, going back to it. And I realized, and probably not soon enough, how terrible I felt and how anxious I was getting over this whole thing and how it was on my mind all the time. And I found myself searching out people who just pushed other people's buttons. It's like, I want to watch these two fight. Let's watch these people fight. <laughs> And just before the election, the Lord had to deal with me about it and say, turn it off, shut it off. You're letting some things in that don't have any business being in you. And so I did, man, I shut it off. I took it off my phone and I've never gone back to it. Can I tell you how happy I am? And people might say, well, you're ignorant. You don't know what's going on. Maybe, I don't know. I'm happy. I'm happy because there are things that I'm not letting get in me. Right. Let me jump ahead of myself here just a little bit, but this is how you find out what you should and shouldn't be listening to. Just ask yourself, what's this doing to me? How's this making me feel? How am I treating people after I watch this, after I listen to this? How cranky am I right now? Because there are things that are either sustaining you or draining you. And you have to find out which one's doing what and eliminate the things that are draining you and focus on the things that sustain you and bring life to you. Be anxious for how much? What about your kids? Surely you need to worry about your kids, right? I mean, this is a weird and crazy world we're living in. Surely God's cool with you worried, being worried about their safety and being worried about their protection. I mean, they're spending eight hours a day away from you, so it's only right, it's only natural that you worry. It is only natural that you worry. It is only 
natural. Only. Nothing supernatural about it. It's only natural. But we're commanded here in Scripture not to worry, not to be anxious, but instead to pray with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And notice what's going to happen. And the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. Say it again. The peace of God. Say it again. The peace of God. Peace. What's peace going to do? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is going to do what? It will guard your heart. Peace. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Peace. Do you know that peace is the guard that we've been given? To set up guard over our hearts, to set up guard over our minds, to protect us. And that might require you to change the way you think a little bit about peace and what comes to your mind when you even just think the word peace. That's why I'm having you say it, the peace of God, the peace of God. You start talking about peace and people just start thinking rainbows and butterflies and, and Bob Ross paintings. and There's more to it. He said that peace will be a guard. Now, this is where uh, I mentioned to you, there are things that we keep out and things that we keep in. Where did I write that down? Listen to what this word keep or guard means. It means to guard or to protect by a military guard. This word peace has a military, a militant aspect to it. Now that's different than rainbows and butterflies, isn't it? To keep or protect by a military guard, either, now listen to this, either to prevent hostile invasion or to keep inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. Do you see what he's saying? This guard, this military guard, he's talking about peace. This military guard fulfills one of two functions. One, he said, either to, listen to it again, prevent hostile invasion. That's what this guard does. Keeps things out. Prevent a hostile invasion or to keep inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. Or you could say it like this, to keep the things that are supposed to be in in, to keep the things that are supposed to be out, out. This is the guard we've been given. And he's, he's referring here to, to a military aspect, a military function. And when you put a guard at a post, you don't leave that guy there with, with nothing to fight with, right? I mean, you don't just leave him there with his hands in his pockets. You arm that guard and you make sure he's got or she's got what it takes to keep the things out that are supposed to be out and the things in that are supposed to be in. This is a military function. Can you see this is a different way to think about the peace of God? It's got this militant aspect to it. The peace of God. There's two words, let me cover this quickly, that I want you to think of when you think about peace. And these are words that come from the very definition of the word. Number one, peace, if you look it up, this scriptural word peace, 
literally means prosperity. Prosperity. And you can see now how foolish it is to fight prosperity. Peace is prosperity. I can prove that with a few scriptures. We'll, we'll put these on the screen if we have them. Listen to this from the book of Proverbs, chapter 15. I like this in verse 16 and 17. It says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. These are things that the Bible tells you, you and I are worth more than gold, worth more than a bunch of money. He said, it's actually better to have a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. He said, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. He said, better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. You know what inner turmoil is? No peace. So if it's better to have this than money, then evidently this peace is worth more than money. Now they're not mutually exclusive. He's not saying you got to pick one and not the other. But he is saying this one, this peace, this inner, this inner peace is worth more than a bunch of money in the bank. He said it's, uh, he said a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. <laughs> now, if we have any men in here like me, a bowl of vegetables is not your favorite thing. It's not your go-to meal, right? It's not, oh, I can't wait for a bowl of raw vegetables. You'd rather have that steak. And, and what he's doing here is kind of painting a picture. One is kind of a meager meal. One is an expensive meal. But he's saying it would be better to sit down and eat a salad with someone you love than to have a seven-course meal across from somebody you're fighting with. Peace is worth more. Peace is more precious. It gets worse. <laughs> Proverbs 17.1 says, Better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. Better a dry crust, a half a piece of stale bread. Now, if you gave many people the choice... Would you rather have a dry crust and peace or feasting with turmoil and conflict? Many, many people don't know how to put the value where it really belongs. But godly people look to the word to set their values. And according to God, peace is prosperity. In other words, if you've got peace in your house and a lot of it, I don't care what's in the bank right now. You're a rich man. You're a rich woman, according to scripture. Now, other things can follow, but this is most valuable. This is more important. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.